Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for April 12, 2023. So heading into this year, normally in January, I start the year with a, a series normally that's around vision and seeking God for the vision for the year so that you can be the man or the woman that God has called you to be so that you can get incrementally closer every year to God's overall expected end for your life. So normally in January, I talk about vision, I talk about purpose, I talk about plans, I talk about goals, laying all that, all these things out. And then I get into the year of teaching on whatever series the Lord leads me to teach on. This year, heading into 2023, the Holy Spirit wanted me to teach on the miracles of Jesus. And uh, I didn't know I would still be teaching on this in April. So from January to now, we've been looking at miracle after miracle after miracle. This is actually part 59 of the overall series. And now we finally got to the last miracle that I'm going to cover. And it's going to take me a, probably a month to, to deal with this miracle. This is the miracle of raising Lazarus from the dead. Oh, man, this is like for me, this is the mother of all miracles. Glory to God. Raising Lazarus from the dead. So this is uh, part 59. Like I said, discovering God's messages in the miracles. As we've been looking at miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle, We've been seeking to glean like the messages that are in the miracles. Put in the chat, there are messages in the miracles. Put in the chat, I'm learning to build my faith through the miracles. So as we're studying these miracles, our faith is being built up in a God who can do all things. There's nothing God can't do. God, God can do anything, anywhere, at any time, by any means, because God is God. And so when you build up your faith to that level, then you are never overwhelmed. No matter what happens to you, you enter into God's rest because you know that God is still God and God is not surprised. So today I'm dealing with the sovereignty of God. The title of today's message is Trusting His Divine Plan. Put in the chat, say, I trust God's divine plan. God has a plan for me. God has a plan for you. And what we have to do is learn how to trust God's divine plan. Get ready for the word. All right, so let's talk about the fact that God has a plan for us and that we are to trust in God's divine plan. Before I do, let's look at Psalms 126 and verse 4. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Do it again for me. Restore us to the former glory. Restore. What I know that this, this past season, 2022, was difficult for a lot of people. You can date it all the way back to the pandemic, 2020, up until now. There were people that, that have faced significant challenges some significant life-changing situations. And if you're not careful while you're walking with God, there's some areas of your life that can go dry. God wants us to have a vibrant relationship with him. And so in this season, I believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. And every dry area of your heart, this is Psalms 126 and verse four, will be drenched again. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. Any area of your life that went dry in this season, God is gonna refresh you. He will restore you. Say amen to that. All right, John chapter 11. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you because it's, it's covering this miracle. is in John chapter 11, verses 1 through 16. And if I deal with, I could deal with some other things even beyond verse 16. But just let, let's just say John chapter 11. So for the next few weeks, we'll be dealing with John chapter 11. I'm going to introduce the miracle to you this morning. 
John chapter 11 opens by announcing that a man named Lazarus is sick. Now, this is a man, Lazarus, who's sick, who is living in Bethany. He's living there with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is, this is the same Mary who poured perfume on Jesus's feet and wiped his feet with her hair, right? This was very expensive oil, Mary's oil. Jesus had a close and intimate relationship with his family. He stayed at their home. Now, so Bethany was just a few miles away from Jerusalem and Jesus's ministry headquarters was in Capernaum and Jerusalem was down here. So whenever Jesus went to Jerusalem, he would come all the way down and stay in Bethany in Mary, Martha, and Lazarus's house. And they, they supported the whole team. It was Jesus and his team. And then he would travel from there to Jerusalem. So he had a really close relationship with his family. I mean, and that, that bond built up over time. And their relationship with Jesus afforded them a luxury that very few people had. So because they had a direct relationship with Jesus, they could send word to Jesus if something ever happened. So in this particular uh, case, this situation, Lazarus, their brother, Mary and Martha's brother, got sick. And so they sent word to Jesus directly because they have the personal relationship with him. And this is what the message said. I love it. Lord, the one whom you love is sick. I like the fact that they say, I want you to know this is the one you love. Now, most of us would assume that Jesus had a personal intimate relationship with Mary because obviously she was the one that worshiped him on that level. But this revelation, this message is showing us that Jesus not only had a relationship with Mary, but he had a relationship with Martha. And he definitely had a relationship with Lazarus because they said, this is the one that you love. This is the one. Put it, matter of fact, say this out loud and put it in the chat. I am the one God loves. I, I want you to know that, that I am, I don't know about you, but I'm God's favorite. I'm the one that God loves. And when you know that God loves you, and you know that you, like, I'm the one God loves. Hey, glory to God. It gives you a certain level of confidence. So they sent a message to Jesus because they were saying, hey, Jesus, the one you love, he's sick. And when Jesus got the message, he immediately, oh, I love it. I love it. You know, I've been teaching on perception and divine perception. When Jesus got the message, immediately he perceived the end from the beginning. Immediately the Holy Ghost allowed him to see the end of the matter, right? And so, so he said this, he saw in the spirit the end from the beginning. And this is what he said. This sickness will not end in death. Not that death is not going to happen, but it's not going to end in death. This sickness will not end in death. It is for the glory of God that the son of God may be glorified thereby. Jesus saw the end from the beginning and he said out loud, he, he, just, he spoke the language of faith. He said, this sickness will not end in death. It is for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. I will stop there for the story for today. All right, so what does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you in this morning. And as I get into these three things, this is where I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Let's lock in three things. Number one, here we go. Cherish your divine connection with the Father. Embracing your personal relationship with God. Put in the chat, I cherish my divine connection. I cherish the fact that I know God and God knows me. I cherish the fact that like, you know how you be like, oh, I know this person. I know this person. Yeah, but you know what? I know God. And more importantly, he knows me. I have a direct relationship with the father. I cherish the fact that I'm a child of God. I cherish the fact that I am the one God loves. I cherish the fact, come on now, that I am the apple of God's eye. I cherish that. You cherish your divine connection with the father. When Lazarus got sick, Mary and Martha sent a direct message to Jesus. Why? 
because they had a personal relationship with him. You can't send a direct message to Jesus if you don't know him like that on that level, right? It's like if you don't know somebody, you're like, well, do I know somebody that knows somebody? Like, can I get six degrees of separation? They was like, no, we have no degrees of separation. We know Jesus directly. We can send a word to Jesus directly. The one whom you love is sick. Why could they do that? They had a personal and intimate relationship with God. See, when you, you, when you know God loves you and you know that you're God's son, you're God's daughter, and you can come to, to God directly, you don't have to go through anybody. You can go to Father directly. You approach God with the freedom and the confidence of knowing that God know God knows me and God loves me, and I have a personal and intimate, direct relationship with God. Now we 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 should appreciate that. Now in the Old Testament they didn't have that. In the Old Testament they had to go through intermediaries. In the Old Testament they had to go through priests, and there was a series of priests. There was the high priest, and then there was other priests. Uh, uh, the the and so they had all of these priests that they had to go through, and the Levitical priesthood, the Levites were one out of 12 tribes, and the other 11 tribes had to lean on the one tribe, the Levites, to hear from God. And these were the only people that could hear from God, and they were the intermediaries. So the other 11 tribes of kings would come to the one tribe of Levites and say, this is what's going on. And then they would go to God and say, God, this is what's going on. They would hear from God and come back, but they had to go through an intermediary. Come on now, we don't need an intermediary. Jesus is our only high priest. We can go to the Father directly because of Jesus. And so we have this personal and intimate relationship with God. Put in the chat, I have a direct connection to the Father. I have a direct connection to the Father through the name of Jesus, through his only begotten Son. So this means that when I come to God, I can come to God with confidence. When I come to God, I believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do in my life. I, when I come to God, my confidence is built in my personal and intimate relationship with him. The word confidence comes from the, the root word confide. Say confide. So when you confide, confide, con means with, Fide means faithful or fidelis. And so, so, or, so, so I am confiding in God. Now I have confidence in God. And when, so when they sent message, they sent the message to Jesus. They were confiding with Jesus. Hey, this is the one you love, Lazarus, our brother, he's sick. And so because they were confiding in Jesus and they know that Jesus could do anything, they believed, they had confidence in Jesus, that Jesus was going to heal their brother. Je Jesus would either show up at their house and heal their brother, or he could just speak a word and their brother would be healed. So they expressed their confidence in him. Why? Because they had a personal and intimate relationship with God. Listen, you have to have that type of personal and intimate relationship with God where you can go to God directly. Say, I go to God directly. I have no intermediaries. So your personal relationship with the Father affords you the luxury that Mary and Martha had, affords you the luxury that you can go to God directly, that, that you can go to God with confidence, that you can express your level of confidence in God because you know he loves you. And let me say it this way. My, our God is never more than a call away. You can go to him directly. He, he, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never turn his back on you. And so if you ever need God, he's there. If you ever need God, open up your mouth, call upon him. In the day of trouble, the Bible says he will answer you and he will deliver you from your circumstances. We serve a God who is right there and he's only a call away. So when you have a circumstance or a situation like they did, that you don't have any power over, you can't control it, it exceeds your power, your ability, your strength, then you go to God because God can do all things. You get God involved in your situation through the vehicle of prayer. This also tells us that God is intimately acquainted with you. Because watch this. They didn't say, Jesus, 
Lazarus, the one who loves you, is sick. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. They said, no, Jesus, Lazarus, the one you love is sick. So, so there's a difference between saying, I love God and, and God loves me. And so, so no, you when, when you know God loves you and he is intimately acquainted with you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows everything about you. He knows every, He knows your flaws and he called you anyway. When you know that God loves you and he is intimately related to you and he is commit, more committed to you than you're committed to him, then you can rest in the fact that God knows you and you know him and you have an intimate relationship with him. Say amen to that. I am the one God loves. All right, number two, cultivating confidence. I'm still kind of flowing in this vein of confidence. The power of a strong connection with God in your life. Put it in the chat. I have a strong connection with God. You want to have a strong connection with God on a daily basis to the point where you know that, that you are never going to be overwhelmed because God is with you and because you are never helpless you are never hopeless. Amen? Say amen to that. All right. So Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus directly because they had a personal and intimate relationship with him. And so when you know God and you know that he knows you, you can have a few things. Let's talk about it. Number one here, you can have boldness in prayer. Say this. Say, I have boldness in prayer. Put You can put that in the chat. I have boldness in prayer. I, I am bold and I'm confident when I pray. Why? Because I know that God loves me. I know that I love God, but God loves me. And so when you have a personal and intimate relationship with God, you're not coming to God like, oh, some some despondent, disconnected God. You're coming to God as his child, as his son. Matter of fact, put this in the chat. Say it out loud. I am not a servant. Say it in the chat Say uh, and say it out loud. I am not a slave. I'm not a slave. I'm not a servant. I'm a son. Come on, man. That's a whole nother level. So, so when my, when let's say we, my, my, my sons, you know, one is already in school. The other one is about to go to school. Let's say that one of my sons has one of his buddies over. If the buddy is over, the buddy doesn't go in the fridge unless he's, you know, one, one of the kids from my church, some jokers come over here, eat everything. But, but let's say, you know, one of our sons is here and they have one of their buddies over from school. They don't know it's like that. So they don't just open up the fridge. They don't have that type of confidence because they don't have that type of intimate relationship, right? But my son can go in the fridge and eat whatever he wants. Why? Because he's my son. And so when you know that you're that you're not a slave, you're not a servant, you're a son, you're a daughter of God. You when you pray, you pray with a whole nother level of confidence. You open up the fridge, be like, "What's up in here?" You know what I'm saying? This is my daddy. My daddy owns everything. My 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 daddy. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My daddy sits on the circle of the earth. I'm going to God directly because I'm his son, and so I, I'm not a, a servant. I'm not a slave. I'm, I'm not. Oh, I'm worshiping God like this. No, no. I'm like, hey, daddy, what's going on, Abba? Father, I love you, Daddy, and I know you love me, and you may press me from the foundations of the world. Daddy, I know I messed up. You know I messed up. Let's not even talk about that. I messed up more times than I want to acknowledge, and I, I messed up more times than you even want to bring up. But 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 you know you love me, though, and so thank you for loving me, for being committed to me. You can have confidence in prayer when you know that you that you love God and God loves you, and then you can trust in that love. It's one thing to know the love. It's another thing to trust in the love. John says, hey, in, in uh, Grandpa John in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, when he's talking about the love of God, he says, you know what? The love of God, he says, God is love. And said, so this is the confidence that we have in him. You got to have this confidence that God loves you, that God loves you. And he says, I wrote these things so that you could believe the love 
and trust the love. You want to trust in the love of God. Not only that God loves you, but you trust the love. That you you tr- they trusted the fact Jesus loves Lazarus. They kept going over to Lazarus, putting a wet towel on his head, I imagine. Hey baby, don't worry. You know, we already sent word to Jesus and Jesus loves you. When you know that God loves you, you can trust in that love. You can believe the love. You can receive the love. Put in the chat, God loves me. God loves me and I know it. When I when I, I know that I'm God's favorite, I'm God's beloved, I'm God's son, I'm God's daughter, I'm not a servant, I'm not a slave. God loves me. Come on, man. It just does something for you on another level. You live with a whole level of confidence because that confidence, that confiding, that confidence is not in me. That confidence is in him. I'm, I'm confident that my God, who sits on the circle of the earth, who, who has all power, who can do all things, that I'm confident that he, watch this, be confident, Philippians 1 and 6, be confident of this very thing. What is it, Paul? He, God, who has begun a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. My confidence is not in my performance. My confidence is in his performance. Come on, man. God is committed to me. And I'm confident that God is committed to me. I'm confident that he will, he will finish what he started in my life. I'm confident that he is the author and the finisher. I'm confident that he's the creator and the sustainer of my life. Come on, man. My confidence is not in me. My confidence is in God. God knows me. He loves me. He created me. He's working with me. He knows my faults and my flaws and my failures, and he called me anyway. And so as I'm coming to God, I have confidence that he will show up in my life. Why? Because he loves me. And that helps me to overcome fear and doubt and unbelief. Say this out loud. Say, I know God loves me. Therefore, I am confident that God will help me in my time of trouble. Say amen to that. All right, the last point I'll make from this point is that we we have a hope that does not disappoint. Mary and Martha, when they sent word to Jesus, they had divine hope that Jesus was going to do something about their circumstance, about their situation. They had a hope. They had a divine hope. So put this in the chat. Say, I live with a divine hope. When you have a hope that comes from God, come on, man. I'm not talking about human hope. In this world, people say this. In this world, people say, hey, let's plan for the worst and believe for the best. (laughs) No, that's not me. I, I would never plan for the worst. In this world, people say, hey, don't get your hopes up. Because if you get your hopes up, you're going to be disappointed. No, 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 no. No, we have a hope that will never be disappointed. We have a hope that does not disappoint. Let me read to you Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. This is a hope from the Holy Ghost. This is a Holy Spirit enabled hope. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 from the Passion Translation says, we have this hope. Watch this. This is a hope that is not a disappointing fantasy. It's not like we have this, oh, hope from the world. No, 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 no. We have a confidence in God that is not a disappointing fantasy because we know that we experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. Come on, man. He says there's this endless love of God that is constantly cascading into our hearts through the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost has wave after wave after wave after wave of the love of God. And the love of God is constantly cascading into my heart through the Holy Spirit. And so I have a hope that does not disappoint. I will never be disappointed. I can get my hopes up and and I'm not going to be disappointed because my hope is not in me. My hope is in God. Say amen to that. Put in the chat. I have a hope that will never disappoint. Come on, man. 
Y'all ready? Oh, glory. I feel like preaching this morning. All right, number three, last point for today. Jesus, this is good. This is part one of Lazarus. I mean, this is gonna this is gonna be good. I'm probably gonna go up to part 20. So this is part one. We're just getting started. Anyway, here's number three for today. Embracing serenity. Say serenity. Trusting God's omniscience from start to finish. I gotta trust in a God that knows everything. I gotta trust in a God that knows everything from start to finish. And when I know that God knows everything, I can I I walk with a, a level of unshakable peace. This is what happens when I know that God knows everything. You can find comfort in God's infinite wisdom and his infinite knowledge. When you trust in God's omniscience, that means that God knows everything. And you remind yourself that God knows everything, past, present, and future. He knows everything about me. He knows my thoughts before I think them, my words before I say them, my actions before I take them. He knows everything. And because he knows everything, past, present, and future, I can rest in the fact that he already knows. So when I'm praying, I'm praying to a God that knows all things. When I'm praying, Isaiah 46 and 10 says, God calls the end from the beginning. I'm praying, listen, Jesus got word, Lazarus is sick. He saw the end from the beginning in an instant. The Holy Spirit allowed him to see. He said, this sickness will not end in death. It is for the glory of God that the son of God may be glorified thereby. I'm talking about a God who knows the end from the beginning. You don't know the end, but God already knows the end. You don't know how it's going to work out, but God already knows how it's going to work out. And because you know that, then when you approach him in prayer, you're not wasting time telling him what happened. He already knows what happened. You're you're not worried about, let me recate. Uh, recount the problem to you. God knows the problem. No, I'm coming to God for the solution. I'm coming to a God that has already been to my future. And since God has already been to my future, Father, what do you want me to do? You already know what the outcome is. You already know what the end is going to be. What do you want me to say? And God will give you insight, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding. God will give you glimpses. God will flood your eyes with light so that you can see the hope of your calling and the exceeding great riches that you have in heavenly places in Christ Jesus towards us who, who believe. God will show you the end of the And then God, by faith, will lead you to open up your mouth and declare what he revealed. And then you're going to say what God said until you see what God said. And so you are resting in the fact that God knows all things. What happened to you may be a surprise to you, but it was never a surprise to God. And since it was not a surprise to God, God was never caught off guard. You know, God, God, God always, he has perfect knowledge of all things. And so we can go to God resting in the fact that he knows all things. He already made plans. God is still God and God is still good. Say amen to that. Last point for today as I close. I feel like preaching this morning. Uh, Last point is about mental health. Let's talk about mental health because I know that this is a big challenge for many today. When you rest in the fact that God knows everything, past, present, and future, and you rest in the fact that God made plans for you from the foundations of the world, you can overcome anxiety by faith. You can, so, so say this out loud, put in the chat, anxiety or stress has no power over me. Why? Because I'm resting in the fact that God made plans for me. God's plans are still good. When something happens that I was unaware of, when something happens that, oh, caught me off guard, this is a surprise, man, and it's not a good thing. And now I got to deal with this and man, I, but I remind myself of what God said. God already spoke this over my children. Come on now. God already spoke this over my marriage. Come on now. God already spoke this over my business. Come on now. God already spoke this over my career. Come on now. So now I'm looking, oh, because God already spoke it. 
And I and God already knows the end from the beginning. And God is the author and the finisher, the creator and the sustainer. He is the alpha and the omega. Come on now. God is the God of my past, my present, and my future. God is the God of my yesterday, my, to, my today, and my tomorrow. God is the God of my, all, my already, my right now, and my not yet. Come on now. And so I rest in the fact that God is still God. Oh, glory to God. So now, watch this. When I'm resting in the fact that God is God, anxiety, stress, negative stress has no power over me. Why? Because I enter into God's rest. I know that God's plan for my life will unfold in the fullness of his timing. And the church said, amen. Say amen to that. That's it. I, I, I have to stop. Uh, I'm going to stop right there for today. We'll, we'll pick it up from there tomorrow. Man, this series is going to be off the chain. Look, we're already at part 59 of the overall series. Like I told you, I'm probably going to have about 20 messages on Lazarus. As I get into this stuff with Lazarus, I want you to come every morning. I want you to come ready. I want you to come with your heart open to receive. God can do anything. We serve a God that can do anything, anywhere, and at any time, by any means. Say amen to that. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I find peace in knowing that you know all things. You know the end from the beginning. You sit on the circle of the earth. You have all power. You know my thoughts before I think them. <laughs> you know my cares before I feel them. You know my concerns before I share them. And you know my actions before I take them. You know everything. And when I know that you know <laughs> and that you knew from the foundations of the world, it gives me peace. If something is ever a surprise to me, I rest in the fact that it was not a surprise to you. You already knew it would happen and you have already prepared me for such a time as this. So I rest in your sovereignty and I boldly declare greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, sign up. You get the notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, this series right now, you want to tell your friends about it. Tell them to jump on at 7 a.m. Tell them to watch it later if they, if they don't want to get up that early or whatever. But tell your friends about it. Let's share it. Let's get people excited about a God who can do anything. All right. Do me a favor. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent 
The Grace Life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. 